Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. standing by, the conference is ready to begin. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Parex Resources' second quarter earnings call and webcast. Yesterday, Parex released its unaudited financial and operating results for the quarter ended June 30th, 2021. Like all Parex disclosure documents, the complete financial statements and related MD&A are available on the company's website at www www.parexresources.com and on CDAR. Before turning the meeting over to Mr. Ken Pinsky, Chief Financial Officer of Parex Resources, Inc., I would like to mention that this event is being recorded, so the recording will be available for playback on the company's website. Parex would like to remind everyone that remarks made during this session are subject to forward-looking statements, which involve significant risk factors and assumptions and have been fully described in the company's continuous disclosure reports. The information discussed is made as of today's date and time, and Parex assumes no obligation to update or revise this information to reflect new events or circumstances, except as required by law. Please note that at any time, participants on the webcast can submit their questions under the Ask a Question tab at the top of the webcast interface, and participants on the phone can press star 1. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Parex Chief Financial Officer. Please go ahead, Mr. Pinsky. Thank you, Operator, and thanks to everyone on the line for joining myself and our CEO and President, Ahmad Mosin, for our Q2 conference audio webcast. We appreciate your constant support of Parex Resources. Before we start our Q&A session, I would like to provide some highlights of our Q2 financial results and discuss our plans for the remainder of 2021. All values mentioned in this call are stated in U.S. dollars, unless we otherwise specify. I'll begin by saying that our priority during the COVID-19 pandemic still remains the health and safety of our employees, our contractors, and the communities neighboring our operations. Our Q2 production averaged 43,900 BOE per day, a 4% decrease from the previous quarter production due to the transportation blockades in Colombia that temporarily restricted supplies for, to drilling and completion activities and our movement of oil uh, within our fields. Normal field operations were restored in June and at present Pyrex is operating four drilling rigs and a seismic crew. For the second quarter, our funds flow provided by operations totaled $132 million or $1.03 Canadian per share basic. And our Q2 capital expenditures were $45 million generating free funds flow of $87 million. With a portion of that free funds flow, we repurchased 4.2 million shares and thereby returned Canadian $91 million to our shareholders. Parex had strong performance for the quarter with earnings of $92 million, and we maintained financial strength of $353 million in cash and no debt. We exited the second quarter with working capital of $371 million, and with, along with our credit facility undrawn of $200 million, we have over 500 or half a billion of liquidity. 
Parks reiterated its dedication to continue lowering our, G, our greenhouse gas emissions intensity per BOE from operated assets. The company's strategy in the short to midterm will focus on optimizing carbon footprint, displacing carbon intensive power sources, and increasing power generation from renewable sources. The long-term carbon strategy will gradually emerge as Parks evaluates the uncertainties it could face during the net energy transition and outline sustainable pathways to achieving its net zero ambition. Parks is aspired to be among the least, less carbon-intensive oil and gas A&P companies while continuing to deliver shareholder value and meet ongoing global energy demands. We enter into another strategic partnership with Ecpatrol, whereby Parks earns an operated 50% interest in two blocks in Northern Columbia, Arauca and LLA 38. Parks' independent qualified reserve engineer, GLJ, recognized company interest 2P reserves, or proof plus probable reserves, of 7.8 million barrels of light, medium crude oil, along with future development capital of approximately 70 million. The initial work plan, which we hope to commence in 2021, will be funded by Parks and consists of drilling two development wells, wells in the Arauca field and one exploration well and a further capital program of $75.8 million, which us and Equitrol will determine how to allocate. I would now like to pass the meeting over to our present CEO, Ahmad Mosin, to go over the second half 2021 outlook. Please go ahead, Ahmad. Thank you, Ken. Parks is in an exceptional financial position, as Ken explained, and doesn't currently have any hedging in place. So that allows us to reap the full potential upside of strengthened oil prices. As we move into the second half of 21, Parks will be focused on appraising our recent discoveries and expansion. Key projects include continuing our appraisal well program on Cabastreo, in which drilling commenced in June. So far, we are very encouraged by the initial results. Plans to start our significant capital program in Aranka province, beginning with at least six development and exploration wells in Capachos, followed by the Eco-Petrol Partnership work on Aranka block. On Fortuna, we are drilling a multilateral well, Perla Negra one, on the Olini Formation. We are applying proven but new technologies to Colombia to, uh, to assess areas with significant oil in place. Accelerating the installation of facilities to enable the production of compressed natural gas for La Beleza discovery. We are expecting production to begin at restricted rates in Q4, and we expect to have initial results from our Planadas 1 exploration well in September. Initiating quarterly dividend of uh, uh, 12.5 cents per share, we believe this is a material milestone for Paris demonstrating our confidence in our portfolio and our commitment to shareholder return. With this brief overview, I'd like to turn the line back to the operator to start the Q&A session. Operator, over to you. Thank you. Please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. There will be a brief pause while the participants register for questions. Thank you for your patience. The first question is from Adam Gill from Paradigm Capital. Please go ahead. Thank you. Um, gentlemen, 
just in terms of the dividend, obviously it's a it's a pretty small payout of your overall funds flow. Um, I was just wondering if you could frame how you guys are thinking about um, you know potential dividend increases, what type of targets, whether it be earnings or funds flow, uh, to potentially see that dividend uh, go up over time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Um, you know the the dividend was instituted along with our buyback uh, as. Ahmed said we, we wanted to demonstrate our, our return of capital uh, mantra, which is what we've seen operating off the past three years. I and mean, we've bought back 20% uh, of the stock net of any LTI or long-term incentive exercises and therefore issued from Treasury stock. So, you know, that's a big number of, of a stock of the share buyback. And going forward, the board wanted to have another lever to return capital to shareholders, and so we instituted the dividend. We have our, our annual strategy session with them in, in the fall. And with that, we'll look at our five-year plan, uh, where we think commodity prices are going, and, and then what, how we want to return excess capital to shareholder. We always will have a return of capital um, strategy. And how the dividend will fit into that, um, it, with more clarity, we'll, we'll report back to the market in later in the fall after that strategy session. But for now, the yield is about a 25 to 2.6%. It's kind of in the in the range, but you know we would we would see ourselves in time, you know, potentially transferring some money from the buyback to the dividend. But that is something we'll discuss with the board and, and uh, along with our five-year plans. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Once again, you may press star one if you have a question. There are no further questions. We do have a question now from Harry Nodelman from HDN Capital. Please go ahead. Uh, yes, good morning. Perhaps you can just elaborate on the prior question. Are you going to be, I guess, to, uh, multiple parts. First off, how much cash would you like to keep on the balance sheet for the proverbial rainy day? The next question is, as you do this five-year plan, are you are you going to use different price assumptions and then from that with the free cash you generate determine whether a higher dividend a variable dividend and or a, an accelerated buyback comes into play it, just any other clarity you can add because it's remarkable that you can buy back three percent of your company and still build cash and yet for all intents and purposes the stock wouldn't know what you're doing so, so let, let me start with the first part of the question. In terms of the cash we have on the balance sheet, we're happy, we don't want to keep increasing into infinity. So, so we are very comfortable with the levels we are at now. The, the tool to use the cash other than first our profitable investments uh, is to return money to shareholders, and, and the tool for that is the buyback. Dividends is a fixed commitment on a much longer term. What the board will consider going forward in terms of uh, what dividend levels and if we increase it at what pace, uh, be beyond the commodity uh, prices is also our long-term investment program our, uh, and how we want to grow the business and have a long-term sustained dividend that only goes in one direction. So it is multifaceted. We... Uh, do take always uh, reasonably uh, reasonable oil price of mine, which is uh, what, what is it, uh, Ken? 55, 60? We we like the budget 
right now at around sixty dollars a barrel, and we do run low case scenarios and we run high case scenarios here. But but for for me, it's not just a lower price question; it's a combination. Yeah, and I think what I want to reiterate, and this is what we've been telling shareholders, is that we we are an exploration and production company. We will drill exploration wells, and not all of them will work, but some will. And in the past, they've worked really well, and that had a lot of value to the shareholder. And so we're paying a dividend as as a function of a return of capital, as opposed to thinking of us as a dividend-paying company that isn't in the oil and gas business. So. You know, that dividend is supplementary, and as Ahmad said, it's a long-term, we do it as a long-term commitment. So, you know, moving that around, I know some of our counterparts are talking variable dividends based upon commodity prices, but they've been more mature dividend payers than we have, and so we're going to, you know, feel our way down and see where the, you know, see what the shareholders want, and then see how well, we can look at this in a longer term in respect of a return of capital strategy. Great, thank you. Just an observation, if I may. It would appear that most investors throughout all of energy today don't believe in any terminal value for a myriad of reasons. And my sense is that's the opportunity or one of the many opportunities here. So to the extent that you contemplate buying back more stock quicker, the advantages are relatively obvious. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from Al Stanton from RBC. Please, please go ahead. Yes, uh, good e- yes, good evening, guys. Uh, just a couple of questions, if I may. First of all, the one variable that we weren't really talking about in a lower oil price environment is taxation. So I'm curious to know what, what your views are with respect to the tax rate going forward and how that dovetails with, with turnover and spending, whether spending is now going to creep up uh, with turnover. So how does that all dovetail? And then uh, finally, just a question on, on, on the lessons learned in the past quarter uh, with respect to, to marketing and delivering your crude, whether there is any sort of silver lining in, in working out which routes uh, and which markets to sell it into to, to, to maximize realization. Thank you. Thanks, Val. I'll answer your second question first with respect to what did we learn about the transportation disruptions. You know, what we learned is that um, none of the oil and gas business industry was really targeted. We weren't targeted directly. It was the transportation hubs that are upstream of our operations. And what it really impacted was our ability to move supplies to our drilling rigs. Because at the time, we were actually moving into a, a bigger exploration program, so we were moving rigs around. And that slowed, our, that slowed us completely. If we're up and running on the pad, then we usually get word there's a disruption potentially coming or, or some action, and therefore we can stock up for food and fuel for the rig and, and not be bothered. We were just caught in the middle of moving rigs. In respect to production, what we know is from you know tying in by pipeline most of what we call our southern Kazan area assets. Um, we were about 35,000 barrels a day, uh, would I say, disruption-proof, which allows us to do whatever we want to do at any given time. Um, and, and, that's, and that was positive, and we th- kind of thought that's what it was beforehand, you know, because we planned for, you know, events that are unforeseen. Um, and we also got ourselves up to our run rate, you know, we're at 48,000 barrels a day again today, which is the highest we've been since, you know, COVID, which we're quite happy with. We have four rigs in the field working. Um, there's been no disruption. So Columbia, 
sometimes it gets noisy, and especially if you look on Bloomberg, you can get you can see things. But in the field, it was relatively calm, except for that couple of weeks, two to three weeks, where we had some trucker um, union activities, which have now ceased, and everybody's back to work. And the government did a very good job, we thought, in addressing that um, and working directly with the unions on what grievances they have. So we, we are thankful the Colombian government did a very good job. Um, in respect to your first question, you were breaking up, but I think you're asking about tax rates. And the Columbia Congress is now debating a new tax bill. One of the things they're talking about is increasing the corporate rate to 35% and 31%. That incremental 4% will have some effect on us, but because we continue to invest in the country, it will be relatively minor. Um, it, I will recall that during the Santos, the, the previous president's regime, President Santos, we had tax rates as high as 40%. And it, it, you know, as long as you're investing in the, in the country, it's like anything else. You're creating tax depletable app. You're creating tax depletion to offset your tax. So um, that's all I have to say about that. Unless you have further questions. Yes, I suppose the one bit that you might have missed was the, the relationship between capex and and the oil price. Is 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 that going to be reestablished? Um, the relationship we heard between cap our capital spend and the price of oil. Uh, yeah. You know, def definitely um, one of the things we wanted to do was actually, you know, COVID slowed our exploration program down. And we are an exploration company, as I said. And Ahmad, when he joined the company, looked at the opportunities and said, we need to catch up for 2020. We agreed. The board agreed. And that's what really drove our CapEx spend and um, increasing this year. Yes, oil prices are helpful because you have the incremental cash flow. And as you heard, you know, we do get questions on how much working capital you guys want to build. So, Ahmad, do you have something to add? Yeah, I, I mean, here, of course, at $100, there are more uh, opportunities at, at 20 but the reality is most of our opportunities that we have in the pipeline are extremely robust at all kind of visible prices in the, in the medium term. So what happened is we had discoveries before COVID, they were not appraised yet. There were some delays last year. And we see a lot of potential for uh, development, growth, and appraisal. And we want to bring these opportunities forward. Most of the opportunities I mentioned in, in, in the chat today were discoveries made a year or two late, earlier and that need to be appraised. Uh, so you have 10, 20, 30 well development programs coming out of them. And these opportunities, in our view, should if, if the geology uh, proves what we think is there, should be robust regardless of yeah, predictable oil fly, uh, price fluctuation. Thank you. Thank you. There are no further questions registered at this time on the phone lines. I would like to turn the meeting back over to Mr. Mohsen. Thanks. Uh, thank you for your interest. Uh, in parks, uh, and uh, you continue support for the company. For, for further information, we invite you to visit our website or call us. Thanks again, and have a good day. Thank you. The conference has now ended. Please disconnect your lines at this time, and we thank you for your participation. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.